Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to kind of veer off topic slightly today, but what we're talking about is going to be very important for every entrepreneur out there. And trust me, almost everybody truly are entrepreneurs. So please join me in welcoming Tim Tortora to our program today. Welcome, Tim. How are you doing today? Very well. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Tim Tutora started working in Hollywood. Yes, that place over 30 years ago as a tape operator in a recording studio and worked his way through the ranks to CFO by 2008. He learned a lot along the way and worked with some amazing people and some of the biggest companies like Harpo Films, and anybody wonder what that is? Okay, spell Harpo backwards and you'll know. Mandalay Entertainment, Sony Sony Pictures, Disney, TriStar Pictures, and Columbia Pictures. He did it all having no family connection or friends who sat in key positions in those businesses. Since he started working as a CFO in 2008, the industry has changed substantially, and his client list migrated to working with content creators who produce indie features TV movies, feature films, branded content, blogs, and online short-form series. During his career, Tim has served as executive in charge of production and finance for Oprah Winfrey's feature film and TV production home, as we said, Harpo Films, in charge of all aspects of production on such films as Tuesdays with Maury, which had Jack Lemmon and Hank Azaria in it, Mm. Amy and Elizabeth, who had Elizabeth Shue, The Wedding with Halle Berry, And before women had wings with Ellen Barkin. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now I do have to laugh to him. Give me a second because I read on your website, the absolute funniest little snippet. And it says if a 30 year old smart ass from a (laughs) crappy state school in California can successfully run an $80 million piece of business for Oprah, then just about anyone can do the same with a little bit of knowledge experience, and an ability to telegraph human behavior. I just thought that was cute and we wanted to make sure we got it in. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you included it because that sort of sums up everything that I'm about. Right, right. So again, welcome and and thanks for being here. So I always like to ask my guests, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today because I'm guessing, you know, many little kids say, I want to be an actor when I grow up. But they don't say, I want to be a CFO for you. So tell us how you got to where you are today. Well, I mean, I got to where I got where I am today by saying yes to everything that wasn't amoral or illegal. Okay. And I knew at a young age, I wanted to work in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to work in whatever the industry I wanted to work in. Mm -hmm. It was going to be the headquarters of whatever Mm -hmm. it is. If it was going to be cars, it would be Detroit. Going to be computers, uh, Silicon Valley. Finance, Wall Street, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So- I happened to grow up in the backyard of a company town, which is Hollywood. I grew up right. in Orange County, California, okay. like 40 minutes south of mm-hmm. the center of downtown LA. Mm-hmm. And 
when I was a kid, I was always interested driving by the studios and what was behind the gate. Mm -hmm. So when I went to college, I was I was a music major originally. Mm -hmm. I was a drummer. I was not a very good okay. drummer at that, but I could read a chart and I could play, you know, just about anything. But um, I wasn't, I didn't like to practice. Mm -hmm. And then, but because I was a music student, I started out as my freshman year, okay. second semester, we had to take a mm -hmm. recording class. Mm -hmm. And in that class, you learned how recording studios worked mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the perspective of the engineer sitting behind the desk. You had mm -hmm. to learn how the studio functioned, how to mic stuff. Mm -hmm. And that sent my, my career off away from performing mm -hmm. and into the business and technical side of mm -hmm. it. So that technical aspect of the business just fed that part of my brain. I was mm -hmm. really into it. I thought I was going to learn about stereos. Turns out I was learning about actual recording. So I got an internship at a, mm -hmm. at a, at a studio locally mm -hmm. because there was a girl called Martha who was in my class. who was an intern at this studio mm -hmm. um, that led me to being an intern. And I mm -hmm. interned there for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I worked as a prep cook in college mm -hmm. and did that at night and went to school in the mornings. And mm -hmm. I, you know, just sort of knocked around in, as in music for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I got a degree in advertising. It took me about mm -hmm. th four and a half years to get out of school. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was going to graduate. That was, that was going to, I wasn't going to mm -hmm. start it and not finish it. Mm -hmm. So I started and finished and I got a degree mm -hmm. in advertising. That mm -hmm. led me to the marketing department at a studio, okay. mm -hmm. which was Columbia and TriStar. Mm -hmm. I worked there for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. I was, and I was getting further and further away from production, the actual mm -hmm. creation of things. Mm -hmm. I was in the trenches making music. Mm -hmm. I mean, I worked on um, Poison's first record, Look What the Cat Dragged In. I worked on mm -hmm. a bunch of indie rock records. Mm -hmm. I think I did a Sheila E track and a couple of other things that people came in and did. Mm -hmm. and we were we were in Orange, California, which was around the corner from Disney. And we did a bunch of uh, bands that would come through for a big music festival that happened. It wasn't okay. even a festival. It was really, it was, uh, it was, it was called NAM, the National Association of Music Merchants, I think. And they mm -hmm. would have performers mm -hmm. come through. And once in a while, they'd go perform at the NAM show and they'd come mm -hmm. in and they'd have to track something. Right. So anyway, mm -hmm. we would do that kind of work. But I got up further and further away in advertising, working on a, uh, on a studio account. Mm -hmm. And I just, <laughs> excuse me, I just thought to myself, I don't really want to be a suit. I don't want to mm -hmm. be a guy in a tower and I was about to take my my I was about to take a job as a media mm -hmm. supervisor. I was offered the job on another studio's piece of business mm -hmm. as a, a media supervisor, which most people in the industry in that part of the world took them ten years to get to. I got wow. there in two and a half mm -hmm. because I had figured out a trick mm -hmm. and I had figured out how to do um, a reporting of the three. I'm trying not to get too much into the weeds because it's not that important. But the point was I had to get, I figured out how to do a report that took everybody else four hours to do because they had to do one mm -hmm. market at a time. Mm -hmm. I figured out how to test three or four markets cool. and then apply that across mm -hmm. all 210 markets. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I could do it in about 20 minutes where other ah. people would take hours to mm -hmm. do it. So that, you know, I, I built a reputation and a mm -hmm. name for myself and mm -hmm. I was there late all the time and I worked mm -hmm. my ass off and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So but I was getting further and further away mm -hmm. and I was about to get a job as a media supervisor making mm -hmm. $60,000, mm -hmm. which was three times what I was making at the, at, at McCann Erickson working right. for Sony for Columbia and TriStar. Mm -hmm. And I just thought if I take this job, I'm going to be a suit. I used to call it golden handcuffs. Turns out I'm not the only one with a genius idea, but I would be unhappy. I could see that. Mm -hmm. And I took a job for three days work as a PA on a TV show called mm -hmm. Dream On. And that's how I got into film production. Mm. And once I was there, I stayed late. I talked to everybody in every department. I, If they asked me to come in early, I'd come in early. Asked me mm -hmm. to stay late, I would stay late. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. 
And when there was nothing for me to do because the set was live, mm -hmm. but everybody in town was shut down because after six o'clock, everybody goes home. You can't mm -hmm. pick up grip electric camera, right. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I would sit and I would read the guild agreements and I would read everything I could get my hand on about the industry. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in that, about that year, I, I wound up staying for a year. I only had three mm -hmm. days employment. I stayed for the entire season. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I ultimately wound up making probably a little bit more than I was making, uh, working in advertising, yeah. which I didn't expect, but mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I realized was I love the finance part of it. I love the physical logistics. I love the budgeting. And I became really good at that thing. I laid into it. I realized this is something I'm good at. I should mm -hmm. do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I got a job at Disney and then that led me to working on before women had wings, which led me to the job at Harpo films, mm -hmm. which then led me to working on Jackass as a line producer, Jackass, mm -hmm. the movie, I didn't work on the TV show. And then, um, I made a Benji movie, which led me as a line producer on that movie mm -hmm. and which led me to the, 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 the founder asked me to stick around to be the CFO of the distribution company they wow. were building. Mm -hmm. So that transitioned me out of production and into distribution. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm annotating a whole bunch in the middle. Right. And then that led me to the job I have now, which mm -hmm. is I run an outsourced CFO firm for mm -hmm. about a dozen a little less than a dozen producers mm -hmm. who make a lot of TV movies. We do a ton of that. Mm -hmm. Probably do 10 or 12 of them a year. Mm -hmm. um, producers that make independent features, mm -hmm. a lot of branded content, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I got here because, <coughs> excuse me. I got here because I realized what I was good at at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I didn't try to do something I wasn't good at. Right. I, I realized I was the guy with the most obvious creative idea in the room. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted that, you know, great, call me. But mm -hmm. that wasn't going to get me to the highest levels. And I wanted mm -hmm. to achieve at a high level. Right. So I wasn't a creative guy. I just mm -hmm. decided that wasn't going to be me. And I came from a creative background. I was a musician. Mm -hmm. I was in the trenches of making music. But mm -hmm. in Hollywood, it wasn't going to be my track. Uh, I also don't have the mind to sit down and focus on something like writing or mm -hmm. directing or acting that really requires a still mind and mm -hmm. deep focus. My, my mind's all over the place. Right. Interesting things that interest me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I suppose at this point in my life, I've figured out how to sort of uh, harness that and how to be mm -hmm. an extreme focus, but mm -hmm. um, it's not my natural state. And that's mm -hmm. what writers, directors, and actors are. So right. I knew mm -hmm. really producing and within producing the financial aspect was mm -hmm. probably going to be the place I should go. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's the lesson for everybody is to, you know, find what you do and are good at, learn as much as you can. You know, I mean, that's the other thing you were saying, you know, when, when you weren't working, uh -huh. you were still learning, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's so important because, you know, you see people who they clock in, they do their time, they're done. Right. And, you know, and that's fine. It's, you know, obviously it depends on what they're doing. But we also see that with entrepreneurs where they think, okay, I'm only going to work from X to X. Right. And, and, and the rest of the time I can go do my family stuff. I can do all that. And, you know, no. I, yeah, you know, you it's should always happen. have that mindset of continually learning. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not saying don't go play ball with your kids, you know, all of Absolutely. those things. But, you know, it's, it is something that if you're going to pick up a magazine, okay, pick up a trade publication as opposed right. to People magazine or, yeah. you know, something like that. And, and you, our brains need breaks on occasion. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's how can we always be learning and making ourselves better? Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's always some kind of reading material sitting around for me. Mm -hmm. 
I rarely ever watch television unless I'm watching mm -hmm. or, or movies, unless I'm watching for work. It's pretty mm -hmm. uncommon. Mm -hmm. Queen's Gambit's probably one of the ones where I sat down and was like, I'm excited to watch this because mm -hmm. everybody in town was telling mm -hmm. me it was great. And it was. Mm -hmm. um, but by and large, I've gotten to a point now where I, I actually don't enjoy watching content because mm -hmm. you I start content, breaking it apart. And and yeah, <laughs> I pick it apart the continuity gaffes. Mm -hmm. I turn to my girlfriend. I'm like, did you see that? She's like, what? I'm like, does that look real to you? She's like, yeah, it looks real. I'm like, uh, mm -hmm. okay, fine. And okay. I can see it's a back lot somewhere at mm -hmm. Warner's or Universal or somewhere mm -hmm. else. And it's not dressed well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's enjoyable. I, I like it. And when something comes along that's interesting, like mm -hmm. Queen's Gambit, mm -hmm. it's fascinating to kind of break it down and figure out what they did to get to where they are at. Right. And how much money maybe got applied mm -hmm. to it. But, um, you know, sitting down and learning and being connected and mm -hmm. understanding what the industry is doing and how it's changing, mm -hmm. that is important. Right. And something you said about work-life balance, which I'm mm -hmm. putting it into a, you know, in a platitude we hear all the time, right? right. Work-life balance. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. nonsense. Right. You can because have that's family. 50 /50, you can have work. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you, if you're going to, if you're going to have work-life balance, it means you're, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, if that's what right. you want, great, mm -hmm. but don't expect to be rich and have work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Don't expect to be family rich. I mean, and, you know, spend mm -hmm. a lot of time with your mm -hmm. family and make a lot of money. Right. Those two things are at odds with one mm -hmm. another. And if you want work-life balance, you want it to be equal, go drive a bus, mm -hmm. go work for the government. Sure. You know, because then when you clock out, company. you are done. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're done. As mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, I am on all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody else in my organization that I can point to, hey, right. he screwed up. Mm -hmm. She screwed up. It's me. It's mm -hmm. always me. I'm mm -hmm. the last stop. And when my clients say, hey, you F this up, dude. I got to go. You're right. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. We'll do better. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry. I don't know that we can do better. We should probably retire the business and you should have someone else do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's a real candid conversation mm -hmm. you have to have with yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's not unlike what we, what I tell my students and which is the core of my book, which is about how to make it in Hollywood. How do you build a career mm -hmm. in Hollywood? And it's, it's really built around uh, the idea that you have to, you have to establish a network and you have to feed that network. Mm -hmm, right. And the way you find that network is you figure out what vertical you want to work in, mm -hmm. what shows are relevant, mm -hmm. and then you need to lay into that and study about who those people mm -hmm. are that made those shows. Right. And then you learn who they are mm -hmm. just by virtue of reading about it and mm -hmm. connecting dots of the people. We and In Hollywood, we're lucky because we have databases we can go to to figure mm -hmm. out who these people are and how they connect from one another. But the same is true of any other industry. Right. You, and, yeah, Google really changed the you know or oh, the internet. For sure. It oh yeah. You know, did. anybody who gets in, say, for an interview, a job interview, and doesn't know critical details about a business, they shouldn't yeah. be hired. Nope. And just generally, what industry are they in and what mm -hmm. is this person's place in it, right? Mm -hmm. I get all the time, because I'm out in social everywhere. Mm -hmm. I get all the time. Will you read my script? No. And you shouldn't be asking me. I that don't question. do that. Mm -hmm. I, not only not only mm -hmm. does it take two hours I'm out of my life that mm -hmm. I want to go do something else, mm -hmm. but not only that, but I can't help you. Mm -hmm. I can't get you a job as a writer. Right. I can't get you a manager or mm -hmm. an agent. I'm a finance guy, and I do a very particular thing. Mm -hmm. I my job is to close the cash flow gap between when we need money in the beginning and mm -hmm. when we're going to get it on the other end. Right, and that gap can be anywhere from sixty days to a year and a half or two. Mm -hmm. So I don't go out to the private equity market and say, hey, man, I got this great mm -hmm. idea with Matt Damon. It's going to be huge. It's going to run the festival mm -hmm. circuit. And Harvey Weinstein's going to buy it for 10 times multiples. Mm -hmm. 
that business doesn't exist. No, it, you, it did for a while, mm -hmm. but Harvey's in jail and no one else filled that slot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and even then, even before Harvey got, was indicted, mm -hmm. the business changed, mm -hmm. you know, movies that are independent features just don't get made that way anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at making an investment in movies, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not an investment, it's a gamble. Mm -hmm. And it's play money. Right. And if you want to sit at the dinner table and tell your friends how you're invested in the movie business, mm -hmm. fabulous. It's a very expensive way to do mm -hmm. that. I always, I've said to a couple of investors that I've consulted for, one guy wanted to invest $3 million into a movie that had no distribution. It had nobody <laughs> in it of any name. Could he just it give me that $3 million? Because that's well, about the him, same thing, right? <laughs> I said to him, I'll tell you what. You give me three hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and I will put together a fake movie for you. You will have actors show up. Mm -hmm. You will have a red carpet. You will have a screening of something, mm -hmm. and you will do the same thing that you got to do when you have spent mm -hmm. three million, and you would have spent ten percent of your yep. three million dollars. Mm -hmm. That guy made the investment. He lost every dime. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Never I made mean, a penny back. Yeah, it's that's one of the things that you know you it, it's is continually amazing me. It's about the the whole industry because it's not just Hollywood. Um, you know, we were talking before the program. I live in Atlanta, which is the second biggest production, right. you know, with Nick's. And so we see a lot of that stuff too. You know, and, and yeah, we're talking lots of zeros, but it's, you know, take off the zeros and it's the same, you know, same as any business. Yeah. But it's, you know, you're gambling that somebody will buy your product. Yeah. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, you know, and, and we, you know, we see that all the time with, you know, I, I, uh, you know, it, one of the things that fascinates me the most is the pet rock. I mean, seriously, people spent <laughs> millions of dollars buying a rock, In a box you know, and the same with, concept uh, goes with, a, you know, a movie or a big production where yeah. you, you've got the big stars, you've got everything and it could totally flop, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, the, the whim of the people, you know. We didn't want to go see that this week. Yeah, you know, in the movie business, so I'll take a step back. There's a thing in, in outside of entertainment, in tech, called the minimum viable, viable product hmm. and market uh, product product market mm -hmm. fit, right? You create a minimum viable product mm -hmm. that, you're, that you can demonstrate product market fit. Mm -hmm. Have you created a product that there's demand for on the other side? Right. Right? That, I think, applies to any entrepreneurial business. Mm -hmm. right. There is no such thing as if you build it, they will come. No. In the movie business, we're a little bit different in one mm -hmm. way in that we don't know whether or not an idea will work. Mm -hmm. We kind of know whether or not an actor will mm -hmm. work. But what we do know is if we create spectacle around the marketing of mm -hmm. it, 95% of the time we'll get enough people to show up to make mm -hmm. back our money. Right. Or mm -hmm. we will or we will convince a distributor somewhere around the world mm -hmm. to give us enough money to cover the cost mm -hmm. of actually making that title. And mm -hmm. that's usually based on what territories do they own? What media can they exploit? Meaning, mm -hmm. is it streaming? Is it home video? Mm -hmm. Is it is it planes? Is it theaters, mm -hmm. TV, whatever? And usually when you take a market, you give up everything. You don't mm -hmm. get to bifurcate those mar those right. uh, mm -hmm. media types anymore. There was a time when you could, but not anymore. Mm -hmm. At any rate, we, we you're, you're in the business of convincing someone with, with a pile of money mm -hmm. that your idea will work for them mm -hmm. in their markets. That's mm -hmm. it. Right. So, Same thing with... The rest of the world, we're trying to convince somebody that our widget is the best widget in the world, or at least at that point in time. Yeah, but you know, the one thing that's a little bit different is you produce a widget, mm -hmm. and if it works, it works. And the right. one guy tells the next guy, "This is a mm -hmm. great widget; you mm -hmm. should buy it." And that can be that can go on for decades, mm -hmm. right? Especially if you have some kind of patent or some mm -hmm. kind of intellectual property you can own. In the movie business, 
we don't have anything. We have three days to make it work. Mm -hmm. You make a movie, it opens Friday, mm -hmm. it either does business or it right. doesn't. If it yeah. does business Friday, mm -hmm. we can usually by two or three o'clock mm -hmm. estimate what the total gross is going to be in the domestic box office mm -hmm. all throughout Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then from that, we can extrapolate out for the rest of time. Right. Mm -hmm. So we literally know within six mm -hmm. hours of a movie hitting a movie screen, mm -hmm. whether or not it's going to make money right. and how much money it's going to make mm -hmm. over the long term. And I would mm -hmm. say most of those estimates that I see and I hear and I read, they're pretty consistently mm -hmm. right. Right. So, you know, and, and it is amazing when things don't work. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about Harry Potter. Okay. I loved Harry Potter. Right. You know, I, those are great movies for me to put on TV and just when I need background noise, everybody loved the Harry Potter movies. Then they came out with the next series. Mm -hmm. First one worked. Second one, not so much. Third, there's been three, right? Which shows how much I care about I it. Remember. And and there's probably not going to be any more. And it, you know, it was somewhere that magic didn't happen again. And I, you know, I shouldn't have used the word magic with Harry Potter, but but yeah, it was just kind of one of those things yeah. where people went, we're done with it. And maybe that was it. It was, it was just, we've had it enough we're ready to move on to something else. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And I think that's also true of of making movies and TV in general. You know, there is a curve with revenue that comes in the beginning of a, a movie consumer's life, right? When a kid gets to be 15, 16 years old, they're finally able to go to the movie theater by themselves and they get to watch movies, right? That usually lasts until their mid thirties and it starts to taper off. And when you get to be 60 or 70, you're barely going to the, the theater at all. Mm -hmm. And you're not watching a lot of TV anymore. I think that comes because this art form has a three act structure. From the time you're five, you've been watching and understanding the three act structure. Do you get bored from it? Yeah, you do. And mm -hmm. by the time you're 30, it's not because you bought a house and you got chores mm -hmm. to do and you got to take care of the wife or the kids or whatever the thing is. It's because you're like, huh, do I really want to do that thing that I'm going to be able to watch and I'm going to know what's going to happen in the mm -hmm. second act and within 22 minutes of a TV show on a 60 minute, it's, it's really formulaic, right? Mm -hmm. I think that has more to do with why people don't come back to the movies when they get more time, when they get to right. be older, because mm -hmm. they're tired of the form. Mm -hmm. And people, the human brain wants to be stimulated. Mm -hmm. And when you stimulate with something that's interesting or new, like I'm going to mm -hmm. use Chris Nolan as the example, right? Mm -hmm. He came along with Inception going on 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter, Harry Potter mm -hmm. was another one. Mm -hmm. Potter came along with a really dense, complex tapestry woven mm -hmm. into 700 pages mm -hmm. in a world that was completely manufactured where you didn't actually have to find anything in real life mm -hmm. that matched it. Right. Well, at some point that that picture starts to get really repetitive. Mm -hmm. How many times do we need to hear Voldemort and the music comes on? Mm -hmm. You just, you get tired of it. And right. I think that's, it's kind of run its course. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's for the creatives to, to mm -hmm. come up with something different. Right. You know, and, and then you toss in COVID when, yeah. you know, for months we could not go to a theater. And then when you could, people were like, yeah, but I'm used, I really like watching in my jammies, making my own popcorn. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously, I mean, you're, you're going to, yeah. Tom Cruise comes out with a new Top Gun. Everybody, my demographic went, Ooh, Tom Cruise. It was a great <laughs> film too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was a great movie. Um, you know, and, and so I trotted my little self down to a theater to see it right. because I also knew that, you know, clearly it's great to watch it on your big screens at home. 
but you watch it on the big screen in a theater and those yeah. jet engines come on and the place Your chest reverberates when that right comes up. yeah you know and and so you know but but it it it's it was still a gamble you know even yeah. though it was top gun and tom cruise and you know cute sweaty young men without shirts on um you know and 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 it, i mean it, it appealed to every demographic you know because yeah. you had the men who wanted to do that you had the women who wanted to do that and oogle at the boys i mean you know it was great that they included some female pilots all of that but you know it still was you know one of those gambles of are we ready to go back into that movie theater yeah and i think that that's a that's a concept i've been talking about mm -hmm. for a while so I think generally people will go back to the theater, mm -hmm. but not in the sort of levels they did. Right. And this is not a new phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It's actually not just a COVID thing. COVID just taught people how to do it mm -hmm. differently and faster. It right. accelerated oh yeah, because we've been process. we've been streaming for a long time. Mm -hmm. And actually, even before streaming, movie attendance on the aggregate number of tickets mm -hmm. sold, bodies sitting in chairs, has been going down year over year right. since 2002. This is not a new phenomenon. It's mm -hmm. been going on for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Prices are up. Mm -hmm. Concession prices are up. Oh. So revenues mm -hmm. are consistently up year mm -hmm. over year. But with the exception of anomalous years here and there, mm -hmm. the number of people going to movie theaters has dwindled. Mm -hmm. And this number of movies the studios are making for theatrical exhibition mm -hmm. has been going down even before the th even before the streamers mm -hmm. became a thing. You know, when I came up in the in the mid-90s in film mm -hmm. production. There were nine studios and, and mini majors that you could right. go sell to, you could mm -hmm. go work for. That Those nine are now five, mm -hmm. and really you could say they're four. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not making, and it, it, the major studios made 30 to 35 movies a year. Mm -hmm. There were six or seven of them. Mm -hmm. And the mini majors made 12 or 15. Mm -hmm. So you had a lot of content being produced. Mm -hmm. a lot of different kind of content being produced. Mm -hmm. Now the five studios make 12 movies a year, mm -hmm. 10 to 12. That's it. Right. And they're all tent poles mm -hmm. and they're all, I call them adult cartoons. Mm -hmm. There's not a single frame in a Marvel movie that doesn't have some kind of CGI. It mm -hmm. may look real. It's not right. There are people right. against a green or a blue mm -hmm. screen and everything is painted around mm -hmm. them. It's mm -hmm. not real. They're not real movies. Mm -hmm. And if you screw up lighting, Oh, we'll just redo it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll just redraw right. it and we'll re-render yeah. it. In and every hours once in a while, you can catch that. That's not the word somebody said. You know, they've dubbed yeah. things back. That's in. been I mean, going all on that for stuff. a long those, time. Yeah, those are. I rewind. I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, there's a trick in movies. If you see an actor delivering a line mm -hmm. from their back, mm -hmm. that means their performance was terrible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll see an actor for mm -hmm. seventy percent of the movie mm -hmm. uh, being performed on their back. Mm -hmm. That means their entire performance right. was terrible. Mm -hmm. So anyway, right. a little trick that editorial does mm -hmm. once in a while, or we want to change the line, mm -hmm. right? The line's not quite right. Mm -hmm. So we have it, uh, what's called uh, looping. We have mm -hmm. it looped over into mm -hmm. what line we actually want, mm -hmm. or there was never a line in that spot mm -hmm. and you want it there after the editors get done right. with their thing. Mm -hmm. You missed something. But yeah. anyway. Or they mumbled or, you know, something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's just mm -hmm. technical. We do those regularly. Mm -hmm. Actors are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes this form so interesting. And mm -hmm. going back to uh, the comment I made about everything being a cartoon mm -hmm. uh, in the Marvel space, mm -hmm. putting together writer, actor, crew, mm -hmm. and everybody who comes to a movie set to do the thing they do, mm -hmm. cinematography, sound, mm -hmm. production design, dressing a set, mm -hmm. all of that to make it look a particular way, mm -hmm. to dress an actor in a costume in a particular mm -hmm. way, that is magic. When right. it works, it works. And mm -hmm. it, it sets my hair on end mm -hmm. when it happens. 
when right. that camera starts to roll and you mm -hmm. hear the film spinning through the gate, mm -hmm. there's something magic about that. Mm -hmm. And there is, it, it's an adrenaline buzz for right. sure. And you see it on a screen. You don't mm -hmm. know it, but you see it on a mm -hmm. screen. When everything's right. just drawn and mm -hmm. redrawn and fixed and redrawn, uh, it just, it looks a little sterile. It mm -hmm. feels kind right. of flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, as the consumers really do recognize that. Absolutely. Um, you, do. you know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, when you see, you know, just right, when they get it just right, you know, and, and of course there are reasons why, you know, yes, you have best actor and all of those awards, but you also have all of the awards recognizing the, the costumes, you know, all of those things, because those are such, you know, they're, they're, as critical to it as the actor. They in fact, sometimes are. the actor, and we've seen it, <laughs> gets switched <laughs> you know? yeah. um, for whatever reason. I mean, you know, back to Harry Potter, we had, you know, different, <laughs> different, different people in some of the, those things because they passed away. But, yep. um, you know, and, and, and they've totally, it wasn't it John Candy that had done half a movie passed away and they digitally created him for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, they might have. That's happened yeah, a couple of times, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, that's obviously very tragic, but, the, you know, as they used to say, the show must go on. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, the costuming, the lighting, all of that. And, you know, that's part of why I love watching some of the old things. You know, I'm, I'm a Trekkie. Mm. Um, and I love watching the original Star Trek, which, you know, that when, you know, they were being, um, shot at they were all being told hop up and down now <laughs> you know? because every once in a while you've got somebody veering to the wrong side <laughs> or you know? True. um and you're know, seeing the plywood in some of the sets i mean you know it's just but at the same point it's a pure form because they don't have all of the extra stuff telling the story yeah. Um, you know, and, and I mean, you, you even go all the way back and, and watch, you know, some of the, the old silence and, and things to really see, okay, how did they tell a story when you, when there was no story that you could hear? It's true. And, you know, which brings up a thought that Francis Coppola had said at one point, uh, that he's a director, he's a writer first, he's a director second. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking about all the things that come together, I left a director out on purpose. It wasn't an accident. Uh, the, 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 the magic that happens in filmmaking is really the confluence of good writing and extraordinary acting. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that bring it together. Right. A directors really shouldn't be called directors. They should be called observers. Mm -hmm. Their job is to observe right. and bring people together mm -hmm. to do the thing. They have a very valid function, but mm -hmm. is it really that creative? Mm -hmm. By and large, it's not. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are extremely creative. Francis Coppola is one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and as a creator of movies, television, and content writ large, mm -hmm. our job is to make something that's compelling enough mm -hmm. for somebody to open their wallet and pay for it. Mm -hmm. That's more relevant today right. than it was 30 or 40 years mm -hmm. ago when there were three network television mm -hmm. uh, TV shows or TV networks to watch, mm -hmm. and there were movies to watch mm -hmm. once or one or two right. a week, a new mm -hmm. one, one or two a week. Mm -hmm. So we have to make good content. Mm -hmm. And I often hear young people say, and I say young people, people come into the business who are young, whether they're mm -hmm. 20 or 50, right. mm -hmm. young people in the business. And that happens on kind of across the age spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, they, they just say, the industry doesn't understand how, how smart I am and how they're screwing up the, mm -hmm. the form. Like, no, these are the smartest people in the room. Mm -hmm. Whether you like them or not, right. they have a product mm -hmm. that they're going to spend $100 million mm -hmm. or more mm -hmm on they're going to have three days to make it work mm -hmm. 
In other words, Friday, Saturday, yep, Sunday. That weekend that they open. That, mm-hmm. Or the weekend it shows up on mm-hmm. whatever streamer or whatever mm-hmm. broadcast network. Right. And if it doesn't work, they're moving on to the next mm-hmm. one. So they have to figure out on paper mm-hmm. before it even gets made mm-hmm. whether or not that's a good idea. Right. That is not a small task. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll, I always I always bring up the red blue the red shoe blue shoe parable that I mm-hmm. learned from a dear friend of mine Harriet Beck, mm-hmm. uh, who was my lawyer for many years. She's since passed, but um, she would say to a writer, and she had many writer clients. The writer would complain, "How come I can't make a sale on this particular title?" And she would mm-hmm. say, "Look, you're in a red shoe blue shoe business. If the buyer is buying blue shoes and mm-hmm. you're making red shoes, you better get in the blue shoe business right. pretty quick, or mm-hmm. you're not going to make a sale." Mm-hmm. You may write the red shoe for some point, mm-hmm. but it's, but you're going to have to put it on a shelf and make something that the industry is buying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether or not and whether or not it's it's brilliant or not, mm-hmm. or the stuff that they're making is not brilliant. Mm-hmm. This is a copycat business. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, something new and different will come along, right. but it's very mm-hmm. very uh, uncommon. Mm-hmm. Comes a car, it comes around every few couple three years mm-hmm. maybe, and then it gets copied ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. It's right. like cookie cutter, bam, mm-hmm. bam, bam, one after the other. Mm-hmm. You saw two um, uh, Meteor movies in the, mm-hmm. I don't know, 2000s. Right. Mm-hmm. One with Bruce Willis and one with someone else. I don't remember mm-hmm. who it was because the Bruce Willis movie. Because the Bruce Willis was the it. one that got copied. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the Bruce Willis movie wasn't, believe it or not. Yeah. Disney put their movie into per, into development mm-hmm. before Fox did. I think it was mm-hmm. a Fox movie. Anyway, one studio put it in development before the other. Mm-hmm. The one that went in development first made less money than the second one hmm. but the second one was rushed out of development and mm-hmm. into production and through production mm-hmm. and they were just in a race mm-hmm. as fast as they could get out and the right. bruce willis movie worked mm-hmm. and they both were good movies mm-hmm. but the bruce willis movie had bruce willis bruce willis right <laughs> he's really really compelling as an actor and it just it was a great team mm-hmm. so right. anyway you have to the point i'm making here is you have to you have to make sure mm-hmm. that you're making product for which there's demand. Mm-hmm. If you do not, you're you're in a forest screaming right. at the top of your lungs and mm-hmm. no one cares. Mm-hmm. Right. That's important. You know, and, and and obviously we see that in in every industry where we think we have the greatest thing. And it might be the greatest yeah. thing, but if nobody will buy it, it's not the greatest thing. It's true. And you know, there's a there's a fu- <laughs> Excuse me again. There's a fine line between an entrepreneur being a con man mm-hmm. and an entrepreneur being a con man. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to entrepreneurs, every single one of them is convinced their idea is going to work. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, you'll get an Elizabeth Holmes who will actually be flat out lying and just mm-hmm. stealing your money. Right. They're pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. But the difference between Elizabeth Holmes and Steve Jobs mm-hmm. over the span of 30 years mm-hmm. at the beginning of their trajectories, mm-hmm. they're no different. Right. Both of them have an idea. Mm-hmm. They're going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. And does it work or not? Mm-hmm. And you as an investor, as a buyer, have to figure out which one mm-hmm. truly a con and which one isn't. Right. You know, and and yeah, it's it is interesting. And and a big part of it is the pitch, the personality. I mean, all of those various things. Because you know, we were talking before the show, you know, when, when you're doing this, you are that product and you are selling yourself. And if you get before the people who are going to make those decisions and you don't sell it well, doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, yeah. and, and people think, oh my gosh, that that's, you know, no, I don't want to do that. 
Sorry, folks. That's the way it is. I mean, if, if, if you're trying to sell me a widget and you can't convince me that that widget is the greatest thing in the world, I'm, you know, more than likely not going to buy it. Never once in a while, sometimes you do still see through that. But, you know, that's why s- people who are good at sales are good at sales. They've got those personalities where they convince you to buy something that you really didn't want to buy, but they were just very good at what they do. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and uh, I, I say often, and I've written about it on my blog, mm-hmm. uh, there are six things you need to have in your organization. Mm-hmm. As far as selling content directly to people, whether it's selling content or swag or whatever, it could mm-hmm. be or advertising for that mm-hmm. matter. One of the things you have to, one of the six things you have to have in your organization mm-hmm. is you have to have, well, let's just say two things in the, in the, of that six. They are a marketing team who understands the marketing space and you have to have advertising dollars, whether it's a small amount of money or it's a, or it's a large amount of money. And when I say ad dollars, it could be paid ads, it could be SEO, it could be publicity, it could be a lot of different things, right? Um, it doesn't actually have to be broad market network to broadcast buys. It, there's a lot of different options now, but you have to have those two pieces because you got to tell people about your stuff. If you don't tell people about it in some way, shape or form, you, again, you're yelling in a forest where no one's listening. And if you don't have a marketing person who can recognize good copy, good ideas and marry the two then you don't you're you're going to struggle to find an audience that will click buy they're not going to understand the relevancy of your content or the relevancy of what it is you're selling to them and why they should open their wallet and give you their money that's an important distinction you have to figure out as an entrepreneur you have to figure out who to bring on your team that's not a con man and there's plenty of con men in the marketing space they're they're marketing people right. they're good at selling you mm-hmm. stuff that's their job but they are the snake oil salesmen sometimes uh, sometimes is of uh, being very generous. The vast majority of them are snake oil salesmen. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Snake oil salesmen sell snake oil to people right. who don't need it. Uh-huh. As long as they're not fraudulently representing mm-hmm. the product that they are creating, right. that's one thing. Uh, that I don't have a patience for. And truthfully, I have many very I have a couple of very dear friends who came up in marketing and 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 I never really liked the work they did. Mm-hmm. I admired the work they did generally but mm-hmm. the work they do in marketing n- no creatives don't really like it mm-hmm. because the marketing people are again this is where the people with the with the the most obvious idea in the room show up mm-hmm. and they know how to sell the thing that has sold a hundred times in the past mm-hmm. they don't know how to sell the weird thing that's a little bit different mm-hmm. like potter no one right. knew if potter was going to work the right. editor thought it would yeah yeah potter was very different i mean about the same time we had lord of the rings right but you know, it was it was different enough that it was you know it it, it was well it was obviously a risk also. Oh, it was a huge risk. Mm-hmm. That was a three hundred million dollar risk mm-hmm. at a time when movies were being made for twenty million dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. They they really blew it out, and they didn't they didn't make all three of them. When I say it was a three hundred million dollar risk, I mean mm-hmm. they they hadn't committed to all three. Right, but they had set up the first one mm-hmm. so that the second and third would only get made if the first one did right. real business. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was a gamble. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't work, they were going to have one movie that never resolved mm-hmm. in that you didn't see the rest of the story because it mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't make enough money to make the second and right. third. And it turns and, out it made it. And people wouldn't have cared because not enough people saw it because, you know, that was, that was kind of the thing is if we cared and wanted to see two and three and, you know, now there's going to yeah. be a new TV show. I mean, all that stuff. 
you know, we would have bought the tickets to go see it. Right. Yeah, it's it, they're very complicated decisions that mm-hmm. people are making on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going back to my comment about marketing people, I, I'm not I'm not down on mar- downing on mark. Mm-hmm. I'm not down on marketing people. Mm-hmm. What I have seen is a pattern that marketing people are 95 percent of the time wrong when they're reading a script or looking at paper material. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't. They they can they can pass judgment on finished work. Mm-hmm. They can tell you whether or not there's an audience for your finished or creative, mm-hmm. um, the, your creative output. They're not great at looking at something in the front end when it's a script or it's just an idea and a treatment and saying, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Unless you have Tom Cruise in it and they'll go, oh yeah, that'll work mm-hmm. because Tom Cruise has always performed. Right. It doesn't mean that every actor is going to pre- mm-hmm. perform like Tom mm-hmm. Cruise, uh, financially, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I don't think creative, I don't think marketing people have the creative insight to know whether or not something from idea at, at its inception mm-hmm. will turn into cash or sales on the other end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're not a relevant part of the process right. because I think they absolutely are. Mm-hmm. And the people who do it well are so important, which is why I say to my 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 clients, you have to have someone in your organization who understands the marketing and how to actually do it. That is an, as an important component mm-hmm. of the process right. as actually creating mm-hmm. and share with them. Mm-hmm. If they tell you it's a terrible idea, then you should listen to them. And if you think mm-hmm. they're wrong, then do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and it is, you know, talking movies. I mean, those are obviously risky TV programs. Holy schmoly. That's even, even more, you know, I can imagine, you know, the people who went in to pitch this little story about this young girl who's going off to medical school, meets this guy, sleeps with him. And, you know, and which of, of course is, is Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And, you and know, because, many 15 years later, I know, and more than that, I think. Um, but now we'd had ER, but we had ER with George Clooney, right? You know, and we had Chicago Hope, which had, you know, another great ensemble cast. And so we kind of yeah. like, so Grey's Anatomy really was a copycat. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing because, of course, it outlasted, way outlasted those other shows. Because we did get caught up in it. But yes, doing this, the sell on that the first time, you know, I, I can't imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, it's a hard, it does are hard sells. It's, mm-hmm. it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And you put together whatever you can. And, mm-hmm. and watching what the marketing people do from the outside mm-hmm. is, um, it's interesting to see because mm-hmm. they can make anything look good. Mm-hmm. Truth is, what they, put, and they do put all lipstick the time. on a pig. Isn't that? <laughs> I think that's what they say in in mm-hmm. Wall Street. But yes, mm-hmm. it is putting li- lipstick on a pig, and they're really good at making something mm-hmm. look amazing, right? Um, and even though it's not, mm-hmm. and sometimes you, you'll see it. You'll see a trailer, and you watch three or four minute trailer, and you're like, mm-hmm. I just saw the entire movie. You right. go see uh-huh. the movie, and it turns out you saw only the only funny parts of the entire film. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what marketing people are. De- it's like, it's what marketing people are designed to do. It's what they're mm-hmm. paid to do right. is to put lipstick on a pig. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't knock them for it. Just like yeah. you shouldn't knock mm-hmm. a lawyer for representing a murderer. Mm-hmm. It's their job. It's, it's their what, job. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and a murderer needs to have representation mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the same is true of, of marketing, although I'm not making the correlation between marketing and murder, but nonetheless, <laughs> as, a, as an analogy, it's not mm-hmm. a bad one. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're an important part of the process for sure. Right. You know, and you know, it, it is, it's, it is complicated. And I think, you know, from an outsider's perspective, we really don't understand just how complicated it is to, to do 
you know, to, to get into things. And, and, you know, you hear about these overnight sensations that really mm. weren't an overnight sensation, whether it's overnight the writer, whether, whether it's the actor, whatever, you know, they, they pretty much paid their dues for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and we briefly mentioned it, you know, you have, <coughs> excuse me, you have a great book. Um, it's called How to Make It in Hollywood, What Writers, Directors, Actors, Producers, and Crew Need to Do to Break In. And I love that you included all of those, because as we've been saying, you know, it's, it's all in there. And, and there are people who, yes, they want to be the actor. Yeah. But, you know, there are people who obviously, you know, crew. I mean, you we hear about crew that have, you know, they are very, very proud of yeah. the work that they have done. And they have done it for many, many years. You know, if you told them, hey, you need to go in front of the camera, they'd be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> um, you know, and and so it it is, it's an industry where there's so many different layers and levels for people to think about, you know, how they want to participate. It's true. Everyone hears about writer, director, actor, and really actors and directors, mm -hmm. and less, to, less, to a lesser extent, writers, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, on any given year, this industry in just Los Angeles alone, we all use uh, payroll services to process mm -hmm. our payroll right. for the shows we work on. Mm -hmm. Those payroll services are punching out anywhere from 250,000 to 300,000 W-2s at the end of every mm -hmm. year. That means there's a quarter of a million to a half a million mm -hmm. people working in Hollywood, mm -hmm. making television and movies. Mm -hmm. That That's not a trivial number of people. Mm -hmm. It's an enormous business. Mm -hmm. It throws a lot of cash, not as much as mm -hmm. a gaming and other kinds of other kind of content, mm -hmm. but it does throw a lot of money. And there are thousands of jobs with different mm -hmm. titles mm -hmm. to work on in the industry. Right. And if you're going to come to the industry, you have to do two mm -hmm. things. You have to understand what, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Do you want to work in camera, maybe mm -hmm. behind camera, or do you want to work in front of it? Mm -hmm. Do you want to work, if you're behind the camera, do you want to work in grip electric camera set decorating? You may have no idea, right? but you have to figure out what it is you want to mm -hmm. do and what kind of work do you want to work on? Mm -hmm. you, if you want to work in features or television, mm -hmm. you have to pick. You can't mm -hmm. do both. You're not no, going to do Because they're both. very different in how they're and done. They're, they're mm -hmm. different networks. The people mm -hmm. who work in features by mm -hmm. and large don't work in television right. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So in and within television, if you want to work on reality, mm -hmm. you're not going to do drama. If no. you want to work on drama, don't go work in reality. Mm -hmm. If you want to do drama, mm -hmm. go try to get a job at, at Bad Robot in, in mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams' company mm -hmm. and not go to Endemol that does a lot of reality mm -hmm. television. Mm -hmm. You know, they're two different ponds, mm -hmm. different networks. And that's the point I make in my book is you have to develop a network of mm -hmm. the kinds of people that work in your vertical in the kind of job you want. Mm -hmm. And the way you start in Hollywood is you start at the bottom. You start as an assistant. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you want to start as an assistant, do it in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Don't do it in New York. Don't do it in Atlanta. Don't mm -hmm. do it in Florida. Do it where you want to ultimately end up. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you'll go work in these other places, mm -hmm. but you need to start in whatever it is. If you want to live in New York and go there, that's fine. There's mm -hmm. some, uh, probably 10% of the work decisions are made right. in New York. Mm -hmm. The balance of them are made in, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. If you want to work in the headquarters, come to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And if you know no one, I knew nobody. My parents were Orange County entrepreneurs mm -hmm. in the travel and the printing industry, mm -hmm. both of which, by the way, have disappeared. Mm -hmm. um, oh, because we do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents wound up uh, selling their businesses in the, in the late 80s, 80s mm -hmm. early 90s, and, and they got out of it. But mm -hmm. not because they were prescient, just because they were starting to get to the point where mm -hmm. they wanted to retire. But nonetheless, um, you know, if you want to come to this business, you have to you have to build a network. 
mm-hmm. you do that through informational interviews. And mm-hmm. I talk about that in my book, which is, right. you know, you have to identify the people. You have to mm-hmm. communicate with them in a way that you sound relevant. Mm-hmm. Again, if someone comes to me and says, we read my script, can't help mm-hmm. you. I had a girl recently send me an email that said, hey, I'm just finishing uh, my um, accounting degree at Northridge University or mm-hmm. Cal State Northridge. And I'm interested in learning about production finance. Mm-hmm. I can help that girl. Right. I can give her some guidance. And she was specific with her request. She was. Mm-hmm. She understood what I do. Mm-hmm. And she understood my little niche in the mm-hmm. in this world of entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. She found one of the few people it, as a CFO in Hollywood who's out there in the world in the wild talking to people. And I was glad mm-hmm. to talk to her. Right. And I think most people will be glad to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And in your informational interview, you're not going to ask for a job. You're not mm-hmm. going to ask them to read your script, watch your short, mm-hmm. come to your showcase. Mm-hmm. You're just simply going to ask them one question. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you're doing. One day I might want to do that for a living. How'd you get there? Mm-hmm. And then you shut up and listen. Right. You ask them about their trajectory. Mm-hmm. Where'd they start? How did mm-hmm. they make the transition? Tw- 15, 20 minutes in mm-hmm. person on the phone, however. And you get that informational interview by connecting with them either by so through social mm-hmm. or calling them cold calling them mm-hmm. and asking for an informational right. interview it's that simple right. and you ask for and you talk to mid-level people are you going to get to jj abrams probably not can you get to his assistant yeah you might be able to interview her and at the end of that interview you say to them i love what you told me it's fascinating mm-hmm. is there anybody else you can recommend i talk to mm-hmm. and then you get at least one two or three mm-hmm. and then you go talk to that person. You mm-hmm. try to set up an information. Hey, JJ Abrams' assistant told me that um, that you might be someone I should talk to. Mm-hmm. Do you have 15 minutes for a call or for a Zoom? Right, right. And then it spider webs out from mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you're talking about something that has always worked. You know, years ago, <clears throat> we won't say how long ago, when I decided to get into PR, some wise person told me I needed to do informational interviews. Right. And so I picked up the <clears throat> newspaper and there was a story in there about the the gentleman at that time who was the head of PR for Coors from Colorado. Right. And so I sent him a real letter, like right. the envelope, Same all that me. good stuff, because Cover that's how long ago this was. And and his name is Sweet Johnson. And I said, you know, sir, congratulations on winning whatever that award was, because everybody likes their ego stroked, right? right. Um, and you know, and, and I said, I'm thinking of getting into this industry. Could I, you know, could I take 15 minutes of your time on a phone call? Right. His assistant called me and said, come in. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, right. You know, and and I had such a wonderful conversation with him. And and Swede is, you know, was he, he unfortunately has passed away, but he was a beloved person in public relations. After we were now, I watched my watch. You know, I had asked for 15 minutes. That's I right. kept Don't it at 15 it minutes. If he Five wanted to make it longer. That's different, um, you know, and and so, but but he ended by saying, "You need to talk to this person, this person, this person, and I will make those phone calls." Yeah, and so somehow I, you know, little old me had impressed him enough that yeah. he called several other major PR people in Denver, and that really got me started. But yeah, I didn't ask him for a job. I didn't want to work at Coors. Um, you know, I never asked for a job. I never asked for any of that to help me. I just wanted to know what made him tick. And it, you know, it was fabulous. Right. And my book is specific to entertainment because that's how I came up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm talking about an industry that I right. understand at a mm-hmm. cellular level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the techniques and the strategies mm-hmm. in the book are broad. They're universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to understand right. the industry you want to work in, mm-hmm. the companies in it, the mm-hmm. people that work for those companies, mm-hmm. the people that work under them, if mm-hmm. you can figure that out. 
mm-hmm. and then set up informationals wherever yeah. you can mm-hmm. and ask for a referral at the, at the mm-hmm. end. And at the end of your informational, you say, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a job as, and you've already mm-hmm. decided what that as mm-hmm. is in the entertainment's case, it's an assistant. It's mm-hmm. either a production assistant. Right. assistant You're not going to say, I want to be the producer. Mm-mm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you say, you know, here's my resume. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know anybody who's looking for that job, feel free to throw it around. Mm-hmm. You haven't asked for a job, but you've left them with the impression that you, you know mm-hmm. what you want and they know where to put mm-hmm. you. There's a concept. Um, I don't remember where it comes from. In fact, it's from a really sleazy part of uh, technology. But nonetheless, uh, the, the concept is framing. Mm-hmm. If you don't frame your uh, your definition in the mind of the person you're sitting in front mm-hmm. of, they will do it for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, they will 95% of the time get it wrong. Mm-hmm. So you begin or end your conversation with, I am currently a, mm-hmm. and looking for a job as right. in whatever industry you're mm-hmm. working in. You're framing what you're currently doing, mm-hmm. the leap that you want to make mm-hmm. next, and the industry you want to work in. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, they you've put three bullet points in their mm-hmm. head that they can now go, oh, here's who you need to call, and I will call them for you. Right. Yeah. That simple. Right. I've, I've mentioned this on the program before. I was uh, a guest lecturer at a class one time, and you know, and and I and you know, these are seniors getting ready to graduate in communications, and I said, get a business card. And have on their future, whatever you want to be. Right. And this, you know, and so then I went around the room and they all, they were all real good. They could tell me what they wanted. And this one young woman said, I want to be a future White House press secretary. Great aspiration. Even better. I knew one of those. And and I said, ah, you know, here's how I can connect you. Um, I have no idea what happened if she ever, you know, but, but yeah, you know, she put that bug in my head, that bug matched another bug I already had. Right. And, you know, I was able to help her. So, you know, it's, it's okay to say, you know, I want to be a future Oscar Emmy, whatever winner, but have that extra in there as a, yeah. you know, you know, all of those various things. Be specific. And mm-hmm. you, you make a good point, which is, you're connecting dots in your head. Mm-hmm. When you get to a point in your career, and it's probably 10 years in when you're at mm-hmm. a particular level, director or above, mm-hmm. you start to you start to want to help the people who are coming up. They're not a threat to you anymore. They're right. not going to compete with you. Mm-hmm. So, And they may actually even help you. Mm-hmm. By and large, they're going to help you. Mm-hmm. So from the perspective of the young entrant into an industry who's mm-hmm. coming into something new, remember, you're providing something that they need, which is mm-hmm. free time. Yep. You have a lot of it mm-hmm. and you will, you will work 10 or 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So those people in the mid level are going to connect you with people they can understand mm-hmm. or who can help you mm-hmm. by and large. You want to lift people up. You mm-hmm. want to help them out. There's some people who suck and they just will never do that. Mm-hmm. And they feel intimidated and their ego stroked right. and they don't want the competition. Mm-hmm. There's a small percentage of those in the world mm-hmm. in, in business. They, and, but we can pick exist. them out pretty fast. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can. <laughs> I was going to make a comment about a particular look, but I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always the woman. I'm going to do it now. It's mm-hmm. always the woman or the man whose hair is perfect. Mm-hmm. Their makeup is perfect. Their clothes are perfect. There's not a mm-hmm. wrinkle on their tie and they've mm-hmm. been in, at work for 10 hours. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. their shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. Y- you can pick them out. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy. But um, nonetheless, uh, mm-hmm. most people... In a, in a mid-level to senior job, mm-hmm. want to help you out. So mm-hmm. just put it out there, right. but be clear about what it mm-hmm. is you want. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to articulate right. it. Right. And then for heaven's sakes, heaven's sakes, say 
thank you. Send them a follow-up note, you know, all of those various things. Let them know that, that you really appreciated them taking 15, 20 minutes out of their time. That's the last thing I say to everybody, which is send the email, include your uh, your resume mm-hmm. and a thank you note, yep. and do what no one else does mm-hmm. in the modern age, which is send them a snail mail. Right. You. Get their address, handwrite it. I loved our conversation. Thank you for taking the time, mm-hmm. Tim. And mm-hmm. if you can stick your business card right. in there or whatever mm-hmm. that has your email on it, mm-hmm. you don't need to, mm-hmm. but you know, snail mail. It mm-hmm. makes an impression, yeah. believe it or not. Email's easy. It looks lazy. Mm-hmm. When you send a hard copy, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're taking the time mm-hmm. and it matters and you care about what mm-hmm. you're going to, the impression you make mm-hmm. and you care about your career right. enough to put a mm-hmm. stamp on a piece of paper on mm-hmm. an envelope and walk it to a mailbox. Mm-hmm. That yeah. means something, believe it or not. I have cards on my wall that people have sent me because they're so different because you don't get them, right? Right. You get plenty of email. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes in with the junk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take the extra step. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. And when you're 20-something, you have nothing but time. Mm-hmm. You don't have any skills. You mm-hmm. know nothing. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you get out of college. You don't know anything. You think you're brilliant? You're mm-hmm. not. No. There's a great Mark Twain quote. And I love this one. I say it to my dad all the time. When I was 15, I couldn't believe how stupid my father was. By the time I was 21, I was amazed at how much he had learned in such a short period of time. <laughs> And it's right. true. Mm-hmm. When you graduate from college, you know nothing. That's mm-hmm. not to say that you're not brilliant, that you right. don't have great ideas, mm-hmm. but you have nothing and everybody in the industry is going to treat you like you know mm-hmm. nothing. And if you act like you know, know something, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get treated, you're going to get taken down a peg. Mm-hmm. That's, and, oh, yeah. and the truth is and, you probably deserve it. Mm-hmm. And there may be one day when you figure out the industry, mm-hmm. five years on, two years on, whatever, where you actually do understand it mm-hmm. and you have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you actually are really good at whatever it is you're mm-hmm. doing. So um, just know that right. and, and don't stop being that person mm-hmm. who wants to contribute and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and be a part of it. Just don't mm-hmm. do it from a place of arrogance. Do it right. from a place of right. being humble. Mm-hmm. Well, oh my gosh, Tim, this has been so much fun. I have loved this conversation and you know, we'd love to, to chat with you some more because I think you've got such great tips to provide people, not just for those who want to be in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, but tell us how they you know, how they get your information, how they connect with you, um, and and how they would get a copy of your book. Well, the book's easy one. That's at career.timtortora.com. Okay. And my last name is spelled T-O-R-T-O-R-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go there. You can see what it's about, and you can buy it if you want. Um, as far as finding me, you can find me on my website, timtortora.com. There's lots of social in there. You can click on any of that um, and, and connect to it. Honestly, I don't really manage it. I'm it's I'm told I'm supposed to do it. So I have someone who does it for me. Um, and I blog pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. My blogs are about how to, how not to get hosed in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. This is how the industry works. Mm-hmm. This is how the finance, the physical logistics, mm-hmm. if this deal doesn't look like what I write about, mm-hmm. it's not real. Right. Move on. You know, mm-hmm. it's been this way for 50 years, even with the change coming from Netflix for going on mm-hmm. 20 years, mm-hmm. nothing's really changed in Hollywood as far as how deals are constructed. Mm-hmm. So that's what my blog is about. The right. business of Hollywood. This is how mm-hmm. TV and movies work. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to get a hold of me, there's a forum on the bottom. You can mm-hmm. just ask your question and I see him. Cool. And I, I love it. I love it. Well, this really has been so much fun, not just because I was in Hollywood a couple of days ago, but, um, you know, it's, it is so much fun and, and so very interesting because 
you know, it touches everybody. I mean, we all watch TV, we watch movies, you know, we might not like to admit it sometimes, but we do. Um, and so it's it's so interesting to to know at least the basics about how, if that's what you want to do for a living, how yeah. to get into it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and again, the book is called How to Make It in Hollywood, What Writers, Directors, Actors, Producers, and Crew Need to Know to Break In. Great tips, lots of downloadable information, all sorts of, of good information there. So, you know, if, if you're interested in that, please, you know, b- make sure that you get a copy. So, Tim, you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah, I was going to say the movie industry is a fascinating place to work, whether it's movies or television. It's not a black box. It's not impossible, but it is hard work and it's extremely competitive. And when you come here, you are a business unto yourself. You will work as a freelancer. You likely will not work for a big corporation, at least in the beginning. Maybe one day you will, but not really. Out of those 200,000 people who work in Hollywood, 200 to 500, probably a thousand of them are studio and network people. The rest are all freelancers. So it's a great business. It's a lot of fun. You can make good money doing it, but you have to get connected to the people who are actually making content for the studios and the networks. If you do not, or the streamers, if you do not, you're working for the internet con men, the Hollywood con men, I call them. So avoid them if you can. I love it. Well, this has been such a great discussion. I can't wait to do it again. I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Tim Tortora. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.